Hello folks and thank you very much for tuning in. This is part two. Part two of Do the Miles Get the Smiles. Yes. This is a in my the mini series within a series, which may become its own series in its own in own right, I guess. Where I rehearse. I get ready, I prepare myself for the conversations that I will have to have as a dad. That's right, very recently became a dad. Oh, I did to a tiny little daughter, a girl. Uh, I know, it's interesting, isn't it? A girl, and there's some things that I will have to tell her in life. She's only five, she's five weeks old at the moment. And I'm in the car, I'm driving through traffic, it's in Melbourne. Melbourne, August, August the 10th, August the 10th, 2018, 4.52 in the afternoon, thank you very much, and I'm going home, I know some of you are probably thinking, well, do I finish at 5, Adam, how can you finish, you finish early, yeah mate, finish early mate, <laughs> yeah, no I'm a teacher, you see, that's the thing, well it's part of what I do, I do lots of things I suppose, teaching's one of those things. So, I've, I'm preparing myself for conversations I, I will inevitably have to have with my lovely little daughter. Uh, for the first in this mini-series within a series, Aoife, Aoife Daisy Jacobs, that's her name. Oh, it's a beautiful name. Aoife, be wary of psychopaths. I think that's a fairly decent father-daughter conversation to have. Be wary of psychopaths. In fact, don't more than that. Just avoid them. Try your best to avoid the psychopaths. And I've just bought myself a nice little takeaway coffee from this lovely uh, Indian restaurant, cafe. Very nice people. Full of smiles. You know what I mean? I, love, I like that. Of course, who wouldn't? You know what I'm saying? Anyway, the first uh, two-part episode. Avoid psychopaths and also avoid being one yourself. Not easy to do. Not as easy as it sounds. Hey, this is part two of the second episode where I'm talking about being rewarded for your efforts. And there are certain guiding principles. People throw these suggestions around like they're like like it's like it's an algorithm. You just apply the algorithm to your life and success will follow. No, no, I say no. It's not as simple as that. Don't be bamboozled by some sweet-talking philosophy that seems to suggest that it's easy. It's easier than what it really is. Or it's not as multidimensional. And life is, come on, let's be honest now, we live in a universe which is full of uh, dimensions beyond our comprehension. And I think quantum physicists are very quickly discovering that 
and we should all be indirectly aware of it too because it's just it's just not black and white mate doesn't mean you have to overthink it look i know this is sounds oh my gosh it sounds complicated there's a an axiom a dictum a premise suggestion that tells you look if you devote 10,000 hours to any one endeavor you will become an expert at that thing Oh, well, that's all right then. Uh, Start the clock ticking now. I am going to be a juggler. 10,000 hours later, who knows where you'll be? You'll probably be a very, very good juggler, I suggest to you. 10,000 hours, come on now. That's a lot of hours. Throwing balls around. But what if you wanted to be an actor? What if you wanted to be a stand-up comedian like me? What if you wanted to be a writer? What if you What if you want to be a dancer? Within that discipline you'll have to decide what you want to focus on. Because a lot of the all that's a lot of that stuff, maybe with the exception of dancing, a lot of that stuff relies on the sort of feedback you get from people in a given situation, in a setting. For instance, for example, and obviously I refer to stand-up comedy because that's what I love, is what I do. Right, the jokes, I stand up in front of people and I go, what about this one? Hey, there we have a laugh. Look, 10,000 hours of what? 10,000 hours of what? Uh, Writing. I do 10,000 hours of writing jokes. Okay, okay. What what am I going to get at the end of that? Am I going to be able to perform those jokes? Well, no. If I haven't devoted some of that 10,000 hours to actually standing up in front of people and performing the jokes, then I won't have developed that dimension of the, the art form. So do I devote 10,000 hours to writing and then 10,000 hours to performing and then 10,000? Probably not. Probably not. You probably devote 10,000 hours to the endeavour, dividing the time between all the different aspects of it. And I suggest to you that as you explore the discipline, say for example, stand-up committee, which is a, it's a discipline I suggest to you, then you'll probably find that your the distribution of that time changes. You'll start initially by doing a lot of writing and then performing when you can. And then you end up realising, oh, actually it's more important that I do the performing because in the first instance, we all think to ourselves, and fair enough too, it's logical. I need jokes. I need jokes! And you do, you need jokes. So you do... Uh, you do a bunch of writing in the early in the early days. Hey, you never stop writing, which is my point. But eventually, you do get to the point where you realise, oh, I need to be able to operate all this stuff effectively on stage because it really does come down to how I say it. 
timing, emphasis, all that sort of, you know, the X factor stuff. So, so, when it comes to saying to yourself, right, this is what I want to do, this is what I want to be, and I'm going to do 10,000 hours of being that, well, no, you're going to do 10,000 hours of doing the things that ultimately mean that you can be that thing. You don't do stand-up comedy. You become a stand-up comedian. You be. You don't do. The do, the doing part, is segmented. It's... It's it's sex it's got sections. You do the parts so you can become the thing. And I'll suggest to you that lots lots of things like that. For example, if you are a footy player and you like kicking goals, ten thousand hours of kicking goals is not going to teach you how to be a team member. It's not going to teach you how to receive a pass, how to give a pass, how to strategize with your teammates to position you uh, in the uh, in the best place to kick a goal. I'm just having a little nibble of something as we go along the road here. Mm. Yum! That's nice. That's a little dark chocolate thing with some peanuts in it. Beautiful. Goes well with my coffee. My point is this. 10,000 hours, all very well and good. Of what exactly? Define what the what is. And it's probably more than one thing. And then, hey, you can go ahead and do the 10,000 hours. Because effort for its own sake, effort for its own sake, will lead you down a rabbit hole that looks like progress. It looks like progress, but it possibly will end, it lead to no. Lead to nothing tangible. Hmm. And I think it's something like when you hear people say work smarter, not harder. Hmm, all right, all right. Well, the smart thing would be to do things that are a part of a distribution of time that when you add all the parts up it equals 10,000 hours 
Now the same that with stand-up comedian comedy, for example, it takes you about ten years to get any good. And I'm about, I suppose I'm about seven years into it. And I generally feel like I win more than I lose when it comes to gigs. Yeah. But sort of three three years of sort of dedicated work, not just half-assed toe-in-the-water effort. Uh, I've still got three, three years of dedicated work to go. Three years! But anyway, I'm enjoying it. I love it. I love it. Look, if you enjoy it, you do it. Don't you? Find something that you enjoy. Now, this is the other thing that people say too. If you love what you do, if you do what you love, then you'll love what you do. And if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. All right, fair enough, fair enough. But as a part of any any endeavour where you are attempting to become an expert in something, there's always going to be something about it that you... It sort of feels like work. And that's the first... That's a fallacy. That's the first thing to acknowledge. There's always going to be a hard yard component to it. Except that. The other thing too is that you want to work. In your head you want to be like, this is my job. This is what I'm going to go and do. And there's nothing wrong with feeling very normal, very ordinary, very much like everyone else feels when they get on the train to go to the office or whatever it might be. Don't exclude yourself from the ordinariness of life because that enhances your your, your comprehension of the thing you want to be an expert at. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That's right. See yourself operating in the world as it is, not in some elitist version of it where you are sectioned off as a consequence of your the exclusivity of your pursuit Be regimented, be ritualistic, be a little bit boring about the way you approach what you do. Because that is the richness. That adds richness to the experience. So, love what you do. You never work a day in your life. Make sure, though, you dislike some part of it so that you have the ethics. You have the work sensibility operating in the background. All right, very good.
Uh, you don't love you don't want to love things too ex- exclusively. You want to love something or doing something to the point where the enthusiasm is contagious. When people come along and they see you, they think, oh, this guy, he loves it. He bloody loves it. He loves it. That's what you want. And you don't want to lose, you don't want to get too involved in your own appreciation of yourself. And hey, uh, that's a trap. It's a trap. And I'll put my hand up and say I'm probably susceptible to falling into that trap. I have an unhealthy interest in the sound of my own voice. <laughs> Sometimes, not all the time. Come on now. Come on. Hey? Sometimes. Anyway. Uh, that's the, 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 as you can see right now, the conversation I'm having with Aoife about all of this right now is basically saying, look, there's always the yin and the yang. There's always the good with the bad. Don't have an unrealistic, uh, idealistic view of things. It's There's always a little bit of grit in the oyster to make the pearl. It has to be. Like the peanuts in my chocolate slice thing I've got going on here. They're kind of ugly. But in order for it to taste as yummy as it does, they have to be there. Thank you. Now, if you accept all that, then you will find yourself doing things that you enjoy. You'll find yourself working at things that you enjoy. Huh? And that's the ultimate goal, isn't it? People say, I just want to be paid. I love to sing and I want to be paid to do it. I want to be, or I want to be famous. I want to be rich and famous. Now, I've probably got the attention of a few of you now. We're kind of going, you're going to, uh, Adam is going to tell us how to be rich and famous. Oh my gosh. Well, snake oil sellers. The people are going, look, all you got to do is think positive and work hard. And you can be, a, you can be a, the next Britney Spears. That reference was deliberately dated. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? I'd be the next Elvis Presley. <laughs> Elvis Presley, stop it. Oh, Anyway, enough of my silliness. My point is this. <laughs> That's what this podcast should be. That's what it should be called. My point is this. Those people who are sound trying to sell you a dream. Fix your attitude and you can become whatever you want to do. First, next thing they'll say is, look, if you can't work doing what you love, 
then make it a hobby. That's the way they position you. They go, look, you may not be predisposed to the, that, that thing that you love. It may not be something that you intrinsically have a talent for, whatever it might be. But there's no reason why it can't be a hobby. Even a hobby that you're really passionate about. And then think about, well, how do I get my 10,000 hours being a hobbyist? It's not easy, but essentially, first point, that's how we all start. Anyone with a ambition, we start in the first instance of accumulating that 10,000 hours in our own time. In our own time. A portion of that 10,000 hours, a significant portion of it, will be as a consequence of you essentially operating as a hobbyist. That's right. That's point number one. We are all of us, those of us who are uniquely ambitious, however it is you want to just say it. We all of us in the first instance are amateurs. We start and pursue our goals as amateurs. Largely, largely as amateurs. Hmm, accept that. Accept it! Alright, now the, uh, the thing about being, uh, you know, an expert hobbyist is uh, many of us are like, oh, well, that's not what I really what I, I kind of would like to earn some money doing that. I want to be paid to, I put all this time and effort, I want to. Fair enough, fair enough. The thing you need to say yourself, and there's no harm in doing it, is, okay, which part of this area of interest is right for me? That's the attitude you need to have. Now, you may not be uh, lead singer material. You're much better off being honest with yourself about that at some point and then saying, all right, well, I'll just be a, I can either be a hobbyist lead singer or maybe there's something else within the industry that I could do that I'd probably find just as rewarding, possibly, possibly, that I can get paid to do. That's a better attitude to have. Because the thing about motivation and the thing about the tantalising quality of some pursuit, the thing that sort of is the hook that has got you fair in the lip as you've been swimming around in the pond of life, there's something about it in a multidimensional way that you are broadly attracted to. And even though you may not find yourself at the very front end of that that broad that, that broad focus, whatever it is, whether it's the music industry or whether it's the creative arts or the visual arts or whatever, who knows? 
there is something that you can do within that space that unless you have a chance and open your mind up to giving it a go, you might actually find better connects to the broader skills and abilities that you have. And your interest in being that, uh, maybe that front man, that front person, was really just your brain saying, hey, there's something about this whole industry, this whole pursuit, that where, where there's a match for me, the brain that you have connects really well to something in this industry. That's where you need to be open to what that something is. So my advice to you is don't settle. Don't settle. Don't settle and open your mind. Look, there is there is a, a place for you. And I honestly believe that with many pursuits, if you stay with it and you keep an open mind, you will find where it is you're supposed to be within the broader understanding of what that pursuit is associated with or is essentially a part of. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's really, hopefully you find that encouraging. Because I've made those decisions, I've made, people might say, well, you're making concessions, you know, you're conceding something. It's like, well, no. If you don't have an open mind and if you don't say, well, okay, what's the backdoor entry into this? And maybe I can be doing the, the maybe I'll be scooping the poop in this industry for a while, then you are not only missing out on the opportunity of working in the industry, but you're also denying yourself the chance of seeing another pathway to possibly being that front man. You don't have to win the race by being by being the dude that's towing the start line. Think about, have a look at the back door. Crack it open. Stick your stick stick your head in. You know what I'm saying. All right, so that's part two of my. Do the miles, get the smiles. Until next time. Thanks.